Thank you for coming Thank you for coming out. Welcome. My name is Dub Swineblatt. My pronouns are they, them, theirs, and I'm so excited to be here. In 2015, I founded the queer improv show Thank You For Coming Out, or TIFCO as we call it, and it is now one of the longest-running queer improv shows in New York City. During the show, our storytellers share their coming out stories, and then our improvisers bring them to life. Our podcast is a little different. Typically, we have a storyteller come on and share their stories, and instead of folks improvising, we talk about them. Uh, this particular episode is very different, uh, because we, we don't have a guest. It's just going to be me and Bobby Hankinson. Hi, Bobby. Hi, Dubs. You are our producer. I am. And you are amazing. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah. yeah my, you're amazing. Oh, This whole on. podcast okay. is amazing. <laughs> Thanks. I, I think so too. And so I'm really excited to just have a conversation with you and, you know, kind of use this time to kind of wrap up season one and see where we're going to go in 2020. I love that. I feel like you and I have had so many special moments. Like I feel very honored to have like witnessed so much of these conversations in person and have been so moved like while it's happening. I have to be like the quiet voice with the headphones <laughs> in the corner who's like not making a scene. Um, and I'm trying really hard not to Grey's Anatomy ugly cry um, during <laughs> most of these shows. Yeah. Um, but you and I have a lot of great conversations. I feel like after recordings or between recordings where we talk about some of the things we're like observing in these interviews. Mm -hmm. uh, so I'm really excited for us to kind of like have one of those conversations and reflect together. Yeah. I'm really, really, really pumped about that. Um, so let's, let's do it. Let's, let's dive in. Let's do it. Does you remember the first time we met the real, the actual first time? And it's okay if you don't, I'm putting you on the spot. Oh my gosh. No, I don't. I'm That's so okay. Sorry. That's okay. I met you the first time you and uh, Timothy Dunn, who mm -hmm. runs uh, Queerball or was running Queerball for a very long time, a, a great show. Uh, I think you guys teamed up and had like a queer comedy meetup at uh, Henrietta Hudson's, right? Yeah, and it was it was Timothy and also um, the Here and Queer show with Kelsey. Oh, right, Bailey, right, right. Kelly, yes, 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 yes. It was also Gwen. that show. Yeah. But uh, yeah, because it's an improv show, it doesn't register with me personally. That's as fair. Because I'm a stand-up and storyteller. So the other shows uh, were more relevant and that's why I was there. Um, but I met you there and I was like very excited to meet you because I had followed Thank You for Coming Out uh, from afar mm -hmm. for such a long time. So it was kind of like a little celebrity sighting for me. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Thank you so much. That's so nice. I was kind of drunk. <laughs> just, I'm just going to, that's probably why I don't remember. I mean, it was I like a really fun like night at the bar. Everyone had a great time. And yeah. It also, like, what a perfect microcosm in a way to springboard this project, you know? Because in a yeah. way, it was a bunch of uh, performers and queer people coming together in, like, such a true spirit of, like, support and unity and community. Yeah. Um, that was really fun. So that was the first time I met you. Oh, that's so lovely. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. I wish I remembered. That's okay. It was a very brief, and then you were, like, again, like, a little celeb, and you were, like, also, like, the host of the party. You mm. know what I mean? So you had to, like go around and schmooze and be a good party host. And I you were doing excellently at it. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. But we got into this whole mm -hmm. project. Yeah. Um, I had the opportunity to kind of help strategize a Gay City News related podcast and immediately thought of you. I just thought this was the perfect thing and your energy and openness just makes you the kind of person I think that people should be so lucky to open up to. Um, so I think that's it was immediate. And so you came in and we met and I feel like we just like sparked right away and mm -hmm. like dove into this. Yeah. So I would like to kind of hear from your perspective yeah. of that. Like, what were you envisioning when you started? Like, what did you think? And it's okay if it was like way off or way wrong. In fact, I almost kind of hope it is. <laughs> but like, what were you envisioning before we recorded our first episode? I, I know what I truly, I don't even know. I'm not really, I'm not really a podcast person, which is like silly to say, because this podcast means everything to me. Um, I didn't know what to expect. I didn't, I wasn't, I, I had, I had zero expectations. I didn't. And then after recording the first episode, just feeling so floored by the vulnerability of our guest and the, the free flowing ease of having conversation with somebody about these themes and these topics that are so relevant to both me and whoever I'm talking to. And so 
after that first recording, it was with Lauren Patton, um, I was just like so excited. I was like, this has so much potential and this is going to be so fucking cool because it just feels like we like uncovered or unearthed something really special. And I just like filled my whole body with excitement and joy because I was just like, oh my God, this is something really cool. What did you think? I mean, a hundred percent. I yeah. agree. I mean, like to me, I feel like to create a space for these kinds of conversations is so vital. Like, mm-hmm. it's just important work. And you being the person you are um, and knowing how to approach things from such, like, a 360-degree view of, like, uh, uh, sensitivity makes it sound less than, because it's deeper than that. And it's, like, more of a... Sensitivity almost feels like sometimes pejorative. You know what I mean? Or yeah, a little bit, like, pitying. Totally. Mm-hmm. So it's not sensitivity. It is, like, a real understanding, though, that allows people to come and share their story. Um, which is like such a deep human need Mm -hmm. Um, and doing it in a way that feels uh, affirming and queers the space. It's not just like sharing your story. It's a little different. We're queering the idea even of storytelling and what that looks like. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I was just excited to see that. And I I knew that people would come prepared to share, but I was not expecting them to come in so ready to share. Like so ready to share and so generous with the things that they shared and with their vulnerability and it inspired me to be vulnerable because I'm, I'm a pretty open person with my experiences and there were some episodes where I I hesitated to share and then I was like you know what if I'm asking this of my guests I'm I'm gonna expect that of myself as well of course keeping in mind boundaries and feeling safe and sharing but it um yeah, it's just it's it it's honestly it's we I think we have what 22 episodes yeah. and I think after every one I was shocked like sh- not shocked but just I can't think of another word to describe like f- still floored of just like it's it hasn't gotten after 22 episodes it hasn't gotten boring it hasn't gotten old I'm not like we already talked about this it's because every even though there are recurring themes there's such different nuances and ways that people talk about it and describe them that it's just, it's magic. It's it, queer magic. Uh, it's I queer l- magic. Could not agree more. And a little behind the scenes tidbit for our listeners out there. Um, we record these episodes often in like batches. And mm-hmm. so we are doing f- upwards of four episodes, let's say, each one taking around two hours. And it's not an easy conversation. Right. These are powerful um, emotional conversations. Uh, and to your point where like, it never gets boring. Like I feel like I never got fully tired afterwards and we'd finish the four for the day mm-hmm. or whatever. I would go home and be like a corpse. Like, yeah. I just like so empty and drained from just like vibrating with these people and mm-hmm. with the energy in the room. But we're in these office space. It's often very warm or very cold mm-hmm. or <laughs> because we record on off hours Yep. Uh, and we're cramming in and people, and not only that are people coming willing to share, but they're also like, hey, they're rolling up their sleeves. They're getting cozy. Um, they're just willing to go. And I was surprised that we have so many performers mm-hmm. on the show and yet everyone dropped the shtick. Yeah. Folks were still funny, mm-hmm. but I was surprised and impressed having been on podcasts or listened to podcasts with especially comedians and performers. Um, they're doing bits a lot, you know, yeah. they're doing bits and this is not the place for bits. And, uh, we have a good time and we laugh a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think people come really correct to be themselves and not do shtick. And that was something I was kind of worried about mm-hmm. up front. Mm-hmm. Um, that I was really glad that was not the case at all. Yeah. Is there a moment you remember from one of the early episodes, even if it's Lauren's episode, um, where you were like, wow, this is something, like something that someone said or like uh, anything specific? I think, so we we recorded on the first day, we recorded three in a row and it was Lauren Patton, Jeffrey Kidwell and uh, Laura Dolce Bunn. And I remember, uh, I remember after those three being like, Bobby, because it just was, I couldn't get over just again everything we've just said like it was a pure gift to like have witnessed it but you know because you know once it's like okay cool and then second it's like wait what and then after three it's like wow this is really something and then starting to notice 
like the recurring themes in even those three that then popped up in the majority of the following episodes is just it's wild it's so wild and it's so I think really the after that first day was just like this is I'm so excited to be doing this totally you know it's funny you bring up the recurring themes and that's something you and I talk about a lot mm-hmm. um afterwards like wow again someone brought up x y or z and I think that uh we're seeing that play out and it's just beautiful I, I would like to talk, hear from you a little bit onto like what some of those are that stick with you um yeah Yeah, I think the one that really sticks out to me the most that I think came up the most often was um, listening and just the extreme and deep need for folks to listen to queer voices and how important it is when when our voices are being heard and how... um, how Satisfying, I don't know if that's the right word, but... Um, validating it is when when we're being heard and when people are really hearing what we're saying and whether that's motivating them to change or take action or whatever or even just like be in someone's life in a way that's positive um, it's just that's something that is that really I I remember I think it's so long ago six months ago (laughs) right but like I think probably for the first 15 I'd Every time afterwards, I'd be like, Bobby, it came up again. Bobby, it came up again. And I was like, are you getting sick of me saying this? But it's like... No, it it felt revelatory. I was also like struck by it every time it came up. Because it sounds so simple and everyone knows like, what's the key to a good relationship? You got to learn to listen. Mm -hmm. Like we talk about it so much. Yeah. And I think we confuse a lot of times um, hearing and listening. Yes. Like I can can hear you, but are you really listening? Mm -hmm. I think we confuse those a lot. Yeah. And when it comes to queer identity stuff Mm -hmm. being witnessed as your true 100% you're 100% self yeah after having spent regardless of your experience time being confused Mm -hmm. um and time being a little scared and figuring things out no matter how even if you have the best coming out process Mm -hmm. from there on you still start from that yeah unpacking that uh and maybe hiding part of yourself and living how much of your life with x percent of yourself that you are not showing loved ones or people um so to give people the opportunity to like get in front of the world on podcasts yeah, uh, and have that and have listen, I think is people, I think get to live that experience. Yeah. Um, even if they didn't have it then. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why my also it jumps out at us. Cause we're like, wow, we're like listening right now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wow. Uh, my dad texted me a while ago and he was like, I love the song Brave by Sarah Bareilles. And I was like, that's so sweet and also so random. Like, why all of a sudden? He's like, well, I've been, I've been hearing it, but I finally listened to it. Oh. And I was like, my whole body exploded. I was like, exactly. Yeah. You were listening to what the theme of this song is. And I forget, maybe you probably remember who. Some, I, we started talking about School of Rock. Oh, I think it was with Rachel Garbus. Um, the song... If only you would listen. And it's these kids who are talking about needing to be heard and sharing their truths and having basically their parents shut them out because they're kids. But like everyone's voice matters no matter how old you are. It's just, it's wild. It's. Yeah. And the listening goes both ways too. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like the benefits of the listening. Yeah. It's it's to the the storyteller and to the witness. You know, I I feel like you give that person that validation of their experience and that like you are valid and your experience means something. And I think as the listener, I feel like I leave here, I leave after every episode a better person mm. and like learning something different. Mm-hmm. And you and I are, are both pretty like social justice people. Yeah. Like I feel pretty like in the know <laughs> about like <laughs> queer issues and whatever. Um, but this has even really pushed my understanding of a lot of, of, of so much of parts of our community. Yeah, me too, for sure. I, I know that um, one of the things that I was nervous about coming into this was, because I've never hosted a podcast before, this is brand new for me. Um, and I also have a very terrible memory. And so I was really nervous that I was going to be caught up in like trying to think of the next question or like, and I really had to learn and and somehow it came instinctually to like step back and not plan, basically improv, like don't plan your next move and just listen. Um, and I've, I have become such a better listener 
doing this podcast because I'm so present. There's nowhere else I can or should or want to be except in the space, staring my guest in the eye if that's what they want to do. And um, so that's like I'm so thrilled, like just personally that I'm like l- gaining this skill of of really being able to connect with somebody in this way. I remember the before the first episode, you being a little nervous, yeah. let's say, about hosting in general, of being a host and the role and what it entails and with your notes and being very prepared. And mm-hmm. I just, I never doubted that you would crush this just because of like, you're, you're such a person who listens naturally. Mm, and of thanks. course you clicked into that and you were like, Oh, someone's talking. I'm going to listen. And they're telling something so personal. Yeah. Um, you're just such a great supporter in that way. Um, thank you. I think some other themes that I, that jumped to my mind too. I think we hear a lot about authenticity and vulnerability, um, and bravery in, in that way. Um, our girl Brene Brown comes up a lot. Oh yes, you're right, <laughs> Brene. Brene, what up? Yes, and that need to connect with other people on an authentic way, and like what acceptance actually feels like. Why now? I, a oh, man. It's you know. It's like, oh man. She compares it with when you are changing yourself to be part of a group versus like the true embracing of who you are and the actual connection you feel when you're presenting your authentic self. I'm kind of butchering it, but everyone read yeah. Daring Greatly because <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. I, we all, we've all kind of like ki- at least like kissed the sun, like had that little moment where you're like vibrating perfectly. We were like, I am my peak self right now. Yeah. Like I am in a space where I feel safe and I feel comfortable and I'm able to like spread my wings and like let go and shine. And it's such an important, I think you, if you don't have that safety and security first, it's so hard to do the rest. Yeah, for sure. I'm because I just, and when you're saying that, just reminding me of being in the closet and always having a filter and not truly being able to connect with anything around me, anyone around me in a real authentic way because I was terrified that I would accidentally out myself or do something that would, you know, other me and marginalize me even, you know, more. Um, so to be able to not have to worry about those things and to just be present as your full self is like revolutionary. Oh my God. I, I literally have chills right now because I just was reminded of when you talked about the backpack. Yeah. yeah. And I'm going to cry because it's like, honestly, it was Ugh. like such a great metaphor of like what it feels like to wear a backpack. And every time I think you were talking specifically about being misgendered, yeah. that like it feels like someone put a rock in the backpack. Yeah. Um, it's heavier and heavier and heavier. And when someone does something that like affirms your identity, you take a rock out. It gets mm-hmm. lighter. And sometimes you can take the back. You just want to take it off. Yeah. And like what it feels like. And I think every queer person who spent any amount of time in the closet at all knows that feeling where like a percentage of your brain is dedicated a hundred percent, like a, a portion of the time all the time to keeping the secret. Yeah. Um, and so that percentage has to come from somewhere. Mm-hmm. So you're, where's it coming from? Yeah, for sure. Um, but I loved that metaphor when you took, cause like, I just, I, I felt that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think having so many of our guests, um, are non-binary and trans. Um, and for me, I have a lot of folks in the community, obviously that I'm friends with, but I feel like as a cis gay man, mm-hmm. um, I'm seeing so many of the parallels and so many of the experiences. And like, I love that part of the podcast of like hearing from other members of the queer community and understanding and seeing where we have parallels and mm-hmm. seeing where we have different experiences and where those two things live. Yeah. Um, but I think just to me, like, Oh, I get that so deeply. And the fact that I don't, that I don't personally identify that way. Mm-hmm. You know, I get the same with the people who are like, I'm straight. I don't get it. You're like, Oh, I know that I'm like, I've, you know, I feel comfortable in my gender identity as a, as a cis person. And, but I, so I, but I still get it, you know, mm-hmm. and I can understand, like, even though I know this is for me, I still could get how valid this is the same way. I feel like as a queer person, straight people were like, I get it. You know what I mean? I know it's not me, but I like, I get it. Um, so I've really enjoyed that part of it, of mm-hmm. like hearing more, finding those parallels yeah. throughout. I think those parallels are what, like strengthen the fabric of our community because we are not as different as, you know, people paint us out to be or the communities try to break us apart. And there's just, and even, and even the LGBTQ community to the not LGBTQ community, there's so many parallels of feeling like you don't belong and feeling like you aren't being heard. And if we could keep latching on to these similarities, I think that 
that would be really fucking powerful. Yeah. And you know? Yeah. 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 I mean, that's how I, I feel like that with queer issues for so long, but it's so nice. I haven't, I think explored it with that, with the amount of depth we have, um, what's it like intra community or like yeah. inter community, mm. like within our own community. Intranet, intra, yeah. intra community. In, intra yeah. community more. Yeah. Um, so that it just, it feels nice to do that where I feel like so many queer, even queer spaces are separated yeah. so much. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was something I really like. Yeah. And we've been, we've been talking a lot of the positives, a lot of the fun things. Mm-hmm. What's been the biggest, your biggest, the biggest challenge or the most difficult thing you think? I think it's, what is, oh my gosh, answering this question. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know how to say this. Um, I feel like hearing the not so good stories um, because somehow through these 22 episodes, we've had mostly positive coming out stories and experiences, of course, with folks, you know, we don't know the full stories or, you know, whatever it may be. But when folks share harder stories, um, for whatever reason, it it it's just it's hard to it's hard because I don't want anyone to experience that. I guess is what it is. It's like it's just it's so heartbreaking when folks are rejected from their family or um, whatever it may be thrown out or whatever and not whatever, but you know what I mean. Um, that it's hard to. That's part of our, that is also part of the queer community's story and fabric. And so, ah, it's hard. I don't know. It's hard. That's hard. Because, I mean, also you're then kind of the Sherpa reliving this trauma. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I understand the pressure that must feel like to handle that with grace and respect um, and reverence in a way. Mm -hmm. Um, Because it's. I get what you're saying. It, it is hard to hear just in general, but then also, I mean, you're, this is, you're the captain of the ship. Yeah. Um, and so you have to keep either, uh, leading them to explore more, but mm-hmm. as much as they're comfortable with. Cause right. you know, the point of this, this is not like a, you know, uh, TMZ podcast. Like we're not trying to <laughs> dig dirt. So it's, right. you know, you're trying to get people to be vulnerable, but also be respectful. And when it's tough like that, it, I think it, that it, you want to veer towards the respectful over everything else. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's like, it, in my mind, it's like, do I ask more questions or do I say thank you for sharing and then move on? But then is that dismissive when I'm just, well, you're right, I'm trying to be respectful of what they just shared without pushing Yeah. and without... Um, and also still kind of pushing invasive. a little bit. Yeah, um, yeah. Because there's value and there's value in, yeah. in hearing it. But it's... It's with that person to gauge what they're comfortable with. And it's yeah. a deli- it's a very delicate dance. Yeah. Um, yeah. That makes sense. Though. That's definitely a difficult thing. If you can go back over the last 22 episodes, is there anything you would change? Hmm. I would look at the clock more. <laughs> 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 I always get a kick under the table from Bobby. Like we are past time. Um, no. Um, This is going to sound so cheesy, but no, because even like, even the mis- like quote unquote mistakes or whatever it may be, um, becomes a learning experience and becomes a moment to reflect on. And something that I'm thinking of, um, was an interaction that I had with Chloe. And I said, I'm not going to say it again, cause I don't want to bring it up again, but listen to Chloe Kozer's episode. Um, and I make, uh, a comment and Chloe immediately sets a boundary, which is incredible. And I'm so glad that she did. And then I felt um, like I shouldn't have said what I just said, but then also how would I have known until I did it? And then the boundary was set and I respected it and then we moved on. And so even though that was really uncomfortable for me, cause I didn't want Chloe to feel uncomfortable. Um, we moved through it and kept going. Yeah. So, yeah. I- there's always going to be moments like that. I think you handled it very well. Thank you. Um, what's something that you're really excited to like take away from one of these guests? So like something you like learned or 
like I, I know you learned lots of things. So it's not going to be like the definitive answer yeah. or you yeah. can give multiple answers. It's not me. This is the only things you've learned mm-hmm. or the only way you've been changed from this experience. Um, and we can talk more broadly about how you feel you've been changed by this whole experience. But is there a specific um, lesson from a guest or something you learned from a guest that uh, you're very grateful for? Well, I want to start singing for good from Wicked because <laughs> I have been changed for the better. Um, I won't subject you all to that. Well, the first thing that comes to mind again was from Chloe's episode when I talk about being raised as a girl and she immediately was like, you were coerced or forced. And that was something that like blew my mind in that moment. That whole episode, I was on the edge of my seat gripping the chair literally the entire time because I just was everything that she said. And I, and like you said, like, I feel like I'm pretty hip when it comes to like a lot of these identities and issues and ways that we talk about things. It's my day job. And Chloe was just uh, a waterfall of new information that I really appreciated. And um, then just the notion of it being a coercion and a force, something forced on me versus something more passive mm-hmm. uh, really resonated with me a lot. And I actually think about that a lot. That's, there's, you know, we talk so much, I think you and I, especially cause we're so, um, queer first, you know what I mean? Like we're mm-hmm. like, we're like, like, we're so focused, but there's such many, there's so many great examples in this where like, again, you and I consider ourselves to be sort of on the, 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 the furthest left. <laughs> yeah. A lot of folks can, can consider themselves mm-hmm. and we are still learning and we are still making mistakes yeah. and we are still violating people's boundaries accidentally and, and doing the, and, and doing right and trying to respect them and learn and grow, um, and hear and listen to what someone's needs are and adapt. Yeah. Um, and w- you do that in real time. And I think it's very brave um, Thank you. of you to be engaging <laughs> in these conversations on a live mic. I mean, like we do, it's a very light edit that happens. In the episode series on a bunch of stuff on the cutting room floor. Yeah. Um, there's, uh, it's honestly all killer. I couldn't decide to excise any of it if I <laughs> wanted to, cause it's good content. Thank you. Uh, but you're doing that basically, you know, in front of an audience, but you're modeling this behavior that I think folks are very afraid of and are afraid of engaging particularly with the like trans and non-binary portions of the community. And Mm -hmm. I think it's really what I love about this podcast is that these are, we're all, everyone's opened with each other and everyone's learning with each other, even within their own communities and within shared identities um, at times. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, I found that really interesting. Mm -hmm. For sure. Um, and I hope that people learned, could take that and be like, yeah, even folks who like you would, you would call like a snowflake any other day, mm-hmm. like we still mess up. We yeah. still are doing this all the time and learning. All and, day, every day, make yeah. mistakes. Come on, we're human. Yeah. We got yeah. big open hearts though. And we're, we want to learn and, and we, we approach every day trying to do our best. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's just, it's seeing those moments and seeing that from you, someone who I have had before we worked together, admired, especially for your, um, intelligence is the wrong word because it's you're intelligent. Everyone's intelligent regardless. Um, but someone who I consider to be oh, an, an expert and you are an expert. Thank you. Um, at, at, at this, this is your job. This is your life. You, yeah. This is your life's work. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. and that's very clear. And I admire that so much about you. Um, and to see you still learning in the process is so inspiring to me and making me more comfortable to say like, I don't know something or mm-hmm. I need to get better at this or I'm actually not sure how to navigate this interaction or this um, social situation or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, how can I be a better person? Yeah. How can I be better for my family, for my community that I love? Like, what can I do? And I, I'd seen you model that behavior of being like, I am committed to learning. I am never committed to being right. Mm-hmm. And oh, I, yeah. I find that so inspiring from you. Thank you. That's um, so sweet. That's so nice to hear. I well, appreciate true, that. True stuff. I feel like, is this episode just like the Dove's compliment? Hour? I mean, I'm not mad about it. <laughs> uh, let's see. Oh, I know what I want to talk about. Yeah. I want to talk about the lightning route. Okay. Where did those specific things come from? Like, what was the provenance <laughs> of those specific questions? And if, just remind our list. Actually, don't remind them just yet. Because, okay. Um, we're going we're gonna to do it in a bit. Okay. Um, Literally, truthfully, I have no idea. I don't know where they I came mean, from. Did they appear it's on the screen one day? I mean, like, I mean, you wrote I, yeah, them. I mean, I wrote them for sure. <laughs> but was it just like a brainstorm on the train kind of thing? I or? think it was. I think I, I was like, I need to have a rapid fire question 
session. I don't know why that felt like so important to me, but because you came in like prepared with it from the very first episode, and I was like, okay, like Dubs wants to know where do you stand, trains versus planes? And I was like, right. okay, we're gonna. I think the real thing is I need to know where people stand, bagels versus donuts, and I need I just like nestled it into all these other random like. It, duos it's like a trick it's like when they have like a series of fast moving pictures and like one of them's like a trick one and you're supposed mm-hmm. to see if your eye catches it like that's what it feels like with the bagel question yeah um and it's kind of the point where i feel like when you ask it especially because recording something like if someone says bagel we like cheer yeah we like, we like silently are like fist pumping in the air and like, I'm that's like, right yes bagels it's the only one and when they say donuts which is first of all terrible yeah come on guys um, be better I get mad. I'm angry. I'm honestly insulted. I'm not thrilled, but <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah, a no. little insulted. Well, it's a little bit like, oh man, this must be really hard for you to be so wrong. You know what I mean? Right? Yeah. <laughs> Listen, like I can, I'm so ready to always admit when I'm wrong. Yeah. One thing that I am not wrong about is bagels versus donuts yeah. is bagels. I mean, it's just, I know for a fact that they're yeah. better. Yeah. They just are. Yeah. A bagel is a meal. A donut is not a meal. Yeah. And also, but bagels can be sweet. That's true. They can be savory. They That's can true. be both. They can be um, just soft, crunchy. Yeah. There's and so listen, many things. And like a donut is a donut. Yeah. Right. I mean, I feel like the only variations are is does it have filling? Yeah. And then when it does have filling, it's going to squirt on your shirt and no one wants that. That's true. Yeah. I, I've never been a donut person personally. Yeah. So that's why we get along so well. Yeah, I think so. Um, well, I think it's time that you get on the record with your rapid fire questions. You may have to like pass me your computer. Oh my gosh, <laughs> I okay. Don't, I don't have them memorized. <laughs> um, but I am I, curious. It's time, I think, to get dubs on the record where they stand on the important questions facing all of us yeah. today. Okay, dubs, yeah. are you ready mm-hmm. for our rapid fire round? Yes. I'm going to ask you a series of questions. Okay. Answer as quickly as you can. I wonder what they are. Um, there's one of them that I'm pretty sure on, but the rest <laughs> uh, we're going to see. Okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Writing or reading? Reading. Acting or singing? Singing. Dogs or cats? Dogs. Beach or mountains? Beach. Biking or running? Running. Bagels or donuts? Bagels. Train or plane? Train. Pants or shorts? Shorts. Coke or Pepsi? Coke. Night or day? Day. Ooh, that one surprised me. Favorite dessert? Uh, um, little chocolate um, brownie bites. Ooh. Wow, these were great answers. And honestly, I was surprised by a few of them. Honestly, me too. <laughs> and you know what? I like I see them all the time, obviously, and I've never thought about the answers for myself. Really? And day surprised me too. I was really surprised by day. Yeah. I thought you'd be nice. I mean, but I, I honestly I feel very torn between a lot of them, so I feel like it could really it doesn't have the whole, you know, it's not a hard stance. <laughs> yeah. I also was really shocked that I said train. I think because planes give me so much anxiety that like the like with every bump, I say my like last prayer and I'm like, I'm dying on well, this yeah, airplane. I, I mean, not to mention like how dehumanizing the entire experience of flying is for, I mean, for everyone, mm. just because like they've just gotten cheaper and cheaper and worse and worse and cramming. Yeah. And it's just like, I just feel so undignified when I fly. Yeah. Which is like, I miss the days where everyone like wore a hat and smoked a cigarette on the plane. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, right. Yeah. It was like a classy thing. And now it's all very. Cocktail and cigarette. Yeah. But now it's like, you're like in a Southwest group. You're not allowed to bring a carry on bag. I'm like, this <laughs> right. is horrible. You have to pay for water. It's <laughs> nightmare so yeah, yeah I, I truly i feel like the idea of flying is beautiful mm-hmm. but the practice of it is a nightmare it's a nightmare <laughs> i always when i like turbulence really scares me and so i was flying to columbus actually with a group from thank you for coming out we we're doing a bunch of workshops and a show at ohio state go bucks and we had terrible turbulence on the way there i was like flipping a shit and when we landed um I can't remember if it was either Ryan Leach or Charlie Nicholson were like, always look and see what the flight attendant's face is. If they're fine, you're fine. If they're worried, then you should worry. And I was like, holy shit. That was a game changer. Yeah. So now whenever I, on Southwest, when you can pick your flights, I always pick so I can see their faces. That's awesome. That's a great tip. Yeah, it really is. And it's been really helpful. I love that. Um, I'd be curious yeah. to hear how you think this whole experience overall has changed you. Um, well, I kind of alluded to this earlier, talked about it. I didn't allude to it. I said it. But um, I really feel like I've become a much better listener. And I've uh, just so much appreciation for folks being vulnerable and being authentic with their stories and 
just giving so much of themselves and it's it's truly inspiring to to sit across from somebody and hear their truths and be um like just be like just being there to receive it is just so special and I just feel so honored and grateful that I get to be part of these conversations and um, like feedback that I get from folks who are listening from all over the country, like my friends and podcast guest friends, is um, the way in which the, the ways in which we talk about these different identities and issues and concepts are so easy to understand. And like you said earlier, like sometimes people don't even want to engage because they're scared that they're going to mess something up or they don't won't understand it. And the feedback that I get is that we do it, we talk about it in a way that is um, easily understood and relatable and folks really feel like they're learning and that they're in the room with us in this conversation. Um, and that's just such lovely feedback. I just, it's, it's motivating and inspiring to do more. I love that. Yeah. Um, do you have any like, big favorite moments? I mean, I feel like there's been a few that come to my mind that are like, that felt like game changers mm. in the room, like like a like a, the air is sucked out on a mat, like in a moment because something really profound was said or whatever. So I I wonder what your favorite little moments are. Yeah, and then I want to I definitely want to hear yours. I um, think there would be a lot of overlap, but yeah. we okay. So the first one that comes to mind is we had um, Izzy McCalla, um on the show, and she was in the the Broadway show The Prom and played uh, Alyssa Green on the show. And I actually, when I invited her to be, come on the show, she plays a lesbian in the in the Broadway show. Um, when I invited her on the show, I actually didn't know how she identified, whether she was an ally or part of the LGBTQ community. So I had a bunch of questions prepared for either response or a non-response of just talking more about the character. Um, and I was... So the first thing that she says when she comes in is she like really opened up to you and me about her uh, being bisexual and not really hiding it, but just has never been open about it publicly. Um, and I was like, well, if you share that on the podcast, like it will be public, like, which is like obvious, but yeah. also like just in case you like yeah. don't put two and two together. Not that I didn't think that she would, but um, she was so willing and open to sharing her experiences and I felt and was like very vulnerable with, um, you know, not knowing if it was okay to identify with a certain word with being bisexual because she hadn't actually been in a relationship before. Yeah. And I think, first of all, I was so uh, grateful that she was open and honest to share that with us in the first place. And then, because that can that's hard that's a hard thing to share right well, that's really vulnerable thing to share and especially today when i think more and more people are embracing their queerness mm -hmm. um there is a fear of gatekeeping mm -hmm. there's a fear yeah. and i think especially in the in the bisexual community yep. um pansexual community like all folks that if they have a, a long-term partner like that they're it, it, the partner may be of the uh opposite gender like or like that they're not valid. They're no longer part of the queer community. Mm -hmm. um, like if they're in, in the uh, quote unquote straight passing yes, relationship. Yes. Yeah. So there's so much of that, mm -hmm. um, that I think making people, everyone feel more comfortable being like, no, like we're a community. Like we support each other. We're all at different parts of our journey. Yeah. Um, and being open and honest about that and respectful of that on all ends, mm -hmm. I think is a great thing. Also that I'm excited for us to kind of model. Yeah. Um, yeah. At, at a time where I think people do feel sometimes, you know, I think they're saying, didn't they? I feel like I literally just read an article this week that said like this generation, there's like a generation now, Gen Z maybe it is, that's the first like majority queer like, mm -hmm. generation. Like, uh, and what, and it made me feel all kinds of things that I was like, whoa, like, what does that mean? Yeah. I mean, there's a, there's a statistic that says like all youth or 50% of youth are LGBTQ. Yeah. 50%. They're, and they're that's, saying it went over 50 now. That's, oh, it is? Oh, it's is over. This, this oh, week, oh, this, this is yeah, the majority. It's yeah. the majority now. Like they're saying this generation now is majority I queer. See, yes, yes, yes. And I, I, was, I was just telling this to my parents the other day. And it's like, and that's only reported. Yeah. Right? And, and then what does that mean for actually like our generation and the generation above us? Like it doesn't just happen, right? Like we are, 
it is what it is, right? But it's, are we comfortable sharing and co- like sharing that, those parts of us? So it's like, how many of us are not sharing our truths? Yeah. You know, way less than 50%, like are our age and older, Yeah. you know? Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. Like I, I definitely think that's true. Um, yeah, it's just really interesting. But what does that mean for our community? And what do our stories start to look like? And what do what does coming out look like then? Yeah. And and I think it's like a really interesting thing. And I think we're going to see some tension between um, folks of older generations, mm-hmm. including ours, that are like feel like they need to start. They, there's if, without the struggle. What is it? Uh, yeah. Well, I, yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead. But I also there's a lot of people that are going to feel like, but that's what we're fighting for. So there's right. no struggle. Right. <laughs> so how, you can't be mad that they're not in the pain that you were in mm-hmm. um, because we work to make sure that uh, our children, like mm-hmm. our next generation of little queer babies, um, don't have to go through what we went through. Yeah. That's like how I, that how is I see it at least. Totally. I mean, that's why I literally do every single thing that I do is so the next generation doesn't have to feel one drop of pain that I did a hundred percent and it's it's reminds me of um our conversation with TJ Mannix um who grew up without internet can you imagine and um all of the just like the different kinds of struggles and um pain points that he went through growing up when he did and I don't know it's just it's but like being grateful for the people before him and then me being grateful for him. You know what I mean? It's like, it's, yeah, it's, it's a really complicated thing to think about. Right. Cause you're right. It is the notion of coming out. I talk about this in my trainings too. It's like, well, if we all were, if we all start off who we are from the beginning, like cisgender and transgender, those words wouldn't exist anymore because we wouldn't have to contrast them, you know, the words and, we wouldn't have to go beyond or cross boundaries, right, to be trans to get to get to our original selves from the beginning. So and it's like, you know what I mean? I just saw a show last night. Carolyn Castilia, who is amazing, um, did an amazing solo show last night at Arlene's Grocery. Very good. But she was talking about her feminism and how her daughter um, doesn't really identify with it. Because, like, what is gender? Like, I don't even, like, why, why would I be, why would I go to an all-girl college? Like, I don't even who even is all girl. Like that's like her daughter is like in um I think early high school. So like that generation though, like is and she's grappling with her feminism being like, but no, but don't you want to? And then she was like, but wait, that's the whole reason. It's like we didn't want you to <laughs> we wanted to make it we always be respected as individuals. Oh. <laughs> that is right. actually what we wanted. Never right. mind. <laughs> right, but at first right. you're like, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. You gotta fight the fight and keep up the battle and all that. Yeah. I love the episode. I remember, and I'm I'm blanking on the name. It was one of our duos. It was a couple. I believe one of their names was David. Oh, David Blasher and Jerome Hayford. Yes. Yeah. Um, and there was a story told about the pack pack. Again, I'm, do I have a thing with backpacks? Uh, <laughs> all my favorite moments are backpack <laughs> I, <yeah>. moments. <laughs> Listen, I'm a big backpack head, so I just love backpack I stories. I love backpacks. Um, no, but he told that really beautiful story about wanting sort of like a non-traditionally... A, a, a backpack that surprised, I think it was his mother. That it he was wanted, a lunchbox. Was, oh, was it a lunchbox? Mm-hmm. Okay, sorry, I have backpacks That's on the okay. brain. It's a fine, it's fine. But what I loved about it is he spoke about his younger self. I mean, again, I'm getting like emotional. It was like yeah. so, it was like very powerful to hear him talk about his emotion, his younger self as like an actual child that he loved and like felt feelings for um, in a way. And it's just like, I, I feel like, I, personally, I think a lot of queer people feel like even as children, we have to be strong and hard and adults. And yeah. I, I feel like I look back at being a child and I felt like I was an adult then because I had to be. And a lot of us feel like we had to be adults mm-hmm. as kids. But to look at yourself as a kid like that and see the way that like you see someone else's kid or a baby and feel that love and want to take care of them for yourself was just like mm. yeah that that level of like understanding. And that's, that's real. That's what really self-care is. Mm -hmm. Like that's really what self-love starts to look like is like understanding the parts of you that need protecting Mm -hmm. and protecting them. Yeah. Um, And it just really, really stuck with me. Mm, Um, I love that. Yeah. That's really beautiful. I, so many moments stuck with me that it's hard to, I mean, why I said the one with Chloe just on my, the edge of my seat the whole time was just, you know, um, I think with Sarah Steele um, talking about um, that was one of those moments where I was like, I don't know if I should talk about this. And then I did about 
people my age, our age, raising babies and raising them with gender. And that was really vulnerable for me. And that has stuck with me too, because I have to start talking about it. Mm -hmm. And I started on a podcast (laughs) instead of privately. Um, But you know, go big or go home. Yeah. That was, I remember that moment too, because I feel like that was one of the first times, or that was one of the few moments I think in these where I felt a little bit of your rage, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Of like that mm-hmm. queer rage that we all have. I mean, yeah. we all have it in some way. And I think you are so in tune with your internal life and your centering yourself and approaching things from a place of generosity and a spirit of abundance and all of these mm-hmm. like positive things that I was like, that's the first time I remember seeing you be like mad, be hurt and mad and a little raw. Yeah. Um, I don't see that from, I don't, I don't, I think you are so good at, you're so empathetic that you approach a lot of these difficult conversations um, in such a balanced, fair, sensitive, respectful way that I wish everyone did. Mm. But it's so, it was, that was one of the times I saw you be, I, you, it was raw and it was hurt. Yeah. Um, and that it did feel, special makes it feel too positive because I know that it's a hard thing, mm-hmm. but it did feel like, oh, this is something unique. Yeah, I, I realized, you know, after that episode, I shared more and you're like, that was that is what you were almost like I wish you would have said that on the podcast because I shared the like thesis or like the the reasoning behind why I said what I said which was um kind of what you kind of just said it was like the anger and the hurt of me sharing so openly and so vulnerably um the pain that I felt by being raised as the wrong gender and me sharing that with folks for the sole purpose um so that we don't make those mistakes again. And it's like we learn from them and and listen, like I get and so that's the part like it feel it should it's not it's not about me. And it feels personal of like wow. yes. I've told you, I've told like I are you listening? Are yeah. you listening? And it's like and it's I wonder if it's one of those things where it's like they're listening and not me like I it's not something that I'm and I don't know it's 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 something that I'm really struggling with and I'm getting heated right now just thinking about it and I um was just having a conversation with my parents it's like listen I respect them because I respect the people in my life who have babies and I have so much respect for them and I respect the pronouns that they are using for their child I would never disrespect that and it still hurts like it's still hurts that's that just reminds me of something else i feel like it's a recurring Mm. theme of hearing from people as who even as children even when they were children they were protecting their parents they were apologizing for their discomfort and their rage and were like how do i make myself less of a burden on everyone else like how do i do that or how do i understand them or like always thinking three steps ahead for everyone else Mm -hmm. that also feels like such a queer thing um of having because like we have to be you know it's not it's not a coincidence that queer people are or more empathetic or mm-hmm. sensitive because we have to, to survive. We have yeah. to know how to read a room and know if we're safe. Yep. We have to know how to anticipate someone's reaction. So we stay alive. Mm-hmm. Um, and that skill set is it's scary, but it also has some beautiful elements to it. Like this ability um, to be empathetic and things like that. But yeah. I think sometimes you just gotta be mad. Sometimes it's just the hurt is there and mm-hmm. folks, they're not listening and they don't, yeah. they just can't hear on that, the, the vibration that you're sending at yeah. all. It's like, you know, you can't hear like a pitch that dog can hear. It's like, that's what it feels like. It's like, I'm saying this and you're nodding, but I don't feel like you fully get why this experience is painful. Cause it's, you don't, you can't, it's not yours. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And they just can't hear that, that frequency all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. So I, and I know how frustrating that feeling is. Yeah. Yeah. It's very frustrating. And it's like, you know, I get the defense back of we're so much more open, you know, like uh, this generation is so much more open and aware to, you know, trans identities. And I'm like, yeah, that's incredible. We're, we're, we are arming these kids with language and visibility, which is a huge, which is a huge part of my anger of not having that. And I think the part that, that people don't really think about or understand how, how important is is the socialization of just even the words of like boy and girl and she and he and like the weight that those hold and how much socially socialization goes into just using those words and how much even if you know you know what I do you know what I mean and 
that's the other piece of it is just we can be as open as we want, but we're still socializing them in a certain way, whether we are why, whether we're doing it on purpose or not. Well, that's like it's almost like the difference between being um, not a racist and anti-racist. You know what I mean? Like, it's cool to not be a racist, but it's way better to be anti-racist and be dismant working to like actively dismantle systems of oppression. Right. <laughs> like, right, right. And like that's the difference. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I feel like that with a lot of people who are close in my life who I w- wish were more actively um, not just being like accepting, um, but being actively supportive of the community in a way or actively changing things in their own life to accomplish, to help like accomplish the goals to show they're like in the struggle um, with us. Yeah. Cause it's like, no, it's not about tolerating. It's exactly. about celebrating. Which is, it's like, that's so nineties. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. It's like, no, 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 no. It's like, I'm glad you didn't like cool that you don't hate queer people. Um, <laughs> right. But you will right. be dope if you didn't put like a lady killer onesie on your baby because <laughs> right. it drives me bananas yeah um mm-hmm. so that kind of thing where you're like actually if you were going to be really a supporter you got to start it 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 doesn't stop mm-hmm. you know you live your life like that and it's it's hard if it was easy everyone would do it but right it's hard and it's a and for some for some people it's a sacrifice. It's mm-hmm. a sacrifice because they had a vision or they have whatever, or they, blah, 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 blah. I'm not going to justify it, but I'm going to at least say like, it's hard and give you that it's hard. Yes. But that doesn't mean you don't have to do it. Right. Sometimes the hardest thing and the right thing are the same. Yeah. The fray. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know what's funny is we started this episode being like, before we recorded being like, this is going to be a shorter, not even like, this will be like a 30 minute quick little, but we cannot get ourselves. No, <laughs> there's so much to talk about. Uh, and that brings us to a great transition. Ooh, so much to talk about. Transitions. What is then, what, what, what's to come? What's happening in 2020? Yeah. So 2020, um, we're going to launch season two, which Woo-hoo! is so exciting. And to celebrate that we are having a performance show launch party basically live recording live recording thank you yeah at the caveat theater um save the date january uh, saturday january 25th 9 30 p.m all the details are at caveat.nyc um performers will will be announced soon uh for me the favorite part the favorite my favorite part is it's going to be a fundraiser for new alternatives which is a nonprofit here in new york city that works for uh that gives that provides social services to LGBTQ youth experiencing homelessness um, with no barriers to access, um, which to me is uh, I've been volunteering with them for about two years now, and I I just love them. And so, a portion of the ticket sales uh, is going to go right to them. I love it. Yeah, it's going to be so fun and more guests and more conversations. Yeah, hopefully we'll have some super sweet surprise guests. Um, I've been in talks with folks. Um, yeah. yeah so it's stay, just, watch this space, my friends. Yeah, yeah. Follow us. Thank you for coming out. Um, Bobby, thank you for coming out. Doves, thank you so much for coming out. Oh my gosh, it's literally my pleasure. <laughs> I do. <laughs> Love you. Love you. Thank you for coming out. Hey, it's Dubs Weinblatt, your host of Thank You For Coming Out. Thank you for listening with an open heart and an open mind. That's a wrap on our first season. We'll be back with new episodes in 2020. Please remember to rate and review us and make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And I know the holidays are coming up and they can be tough for some of us sometimes. So please remember to take care of yourself and reach out if you need help or support. We'll see you in 2020. And remember, I've got your back.